dancing and proud It's good to be free Cause I won't waste another day Live in someone else's way I wanna be happy I wanna be free Fuck what they say I'm doing me Hello and welcome to another episode of the You and I podcast. This is your host, Mifa Dijuma. How are you guys doing? How's your Sunday going? Um, mine has been going so far so good. Um, I just had a vegetable soup that I prepared. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, it was amazing. Like I had um, chicken in it, so basically the chicken was amazing. I wasn't sure about the soup, but <laughs> the chicken was amazing, and I really am glad. And I'm also glad to um, have this interview session with a friend of mine. His name is Efe. We also call him the Drip Lord. Drip, 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 drip Lord. <laughs> and um, he was very kind enough to grant me an interview. And we talked about his poetry, what poetry is about, you know. Can anybody be a poet? Then we also discussed the corporate world. And um, we discussed other underlying issues that happened today and uh, this week at least uh, on Twitter. And he shared his wonderful insight and I hope you guys enjoy it. So I'll see you guys at the end of the episode. Ciao. You tell him daddy said follow no man. Follow the God within. They'll be coming for your heart real soon, son. This whole thing is rigged. You're back in the matrix. You gotta find your own way out. Cause I won't waste another day. Live in someone else's way. I wanna be So um first question Poetry. Uh, poetry. Yeah, poetry. <laughs> so yeah, I I won't just I won't just be very honest now. Um okay. I I often try to write poems, like, but my idea of poetry is always, it has to rhyme, you understand? Okay. So, there has to be, like, this rhyming factor to it, you know, uh, almost like the nursery rhyme kind of way. But, I have the feeling that that is not correct. So, what exactly does poetry entail, and can anybody be a poet? First of all, I'm going to start with the last question. Can anybody be a poet? Actually, the answer is yes. Yes and yes. Anybody can be a poet. Um, poetry is an art, an art of expression, you get. So just the way anybody, no matter what race, what like age, you could sing, you could do a form of art, you could perform. Poetry is similarly like that. It just depends on expression, the way you feel, the way you articulate, what you are feeling into words. Some people write, some people sing, some people express it by dancing, some people express it in different forms of ways. So I think poetry is, is a form of art that can be done by anybody. Anybody enters. Honestly, if I'm going to be if I'm going to be hundred I didn't start writing poetry before twenty. 14. I didn't even like it. You understand? I had 
the first question, yes. There are different forms of poetry, different types of poetry. So when you first start to write or listen to poetry, it's like it's like different genres of music and everything. You understand? Like yeah. growing up, you had like all sorts of genres. You understand? Yeah. All sorts of genres. Like then you now finally settled into one or two or three. Then you now continuously listened and explored other music on that path. Yeah, yeah. You understand? I get so that. right now, you're either a rap head or you're a rock head or you listen to R and B. So that's the way it is. So I could either be writing this kind of poetry or that kind of poetry. I can be writing haiku. I can be writing in three verse. I can be writing in rhyme. So they all varies. You just pick up one that you are comfortable with and you, are, you start expressing yourself. I think that's just the thing. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. Breaking transmission. And they tell you me, I know the easiest way to play. Like number, number, number one, it's easy, and number two, it, it make me feel like I'll be vegetarian. So, <laughs> so, uh, but okay. The next thing, next question now, eh? Now this is yeah. a little bit personal. Yeah. In terms of um the corporate world, me personally, I know that you now a banker now, basically. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, your experience in the corporate world, because most times it is looked as though that's the ultimate, the ultimate sector to work for. You understand? Like, um, yeah. But per our former discussions, the one-on-one we don't get before, you know, it's not really that way. So, what is your experience like? If you were to say something about the, especially the banking sector, what would you say? Like, like if you were to ad- give advice to somebody on it. Okay, I'll say, first of all, before you go in, you have to be really sure that is what you want. You don't go in and discover, like, that is not what you want. And the very moment you discover that, um, shit, I'm like, not really being too this so You just start the whole thing of depression. You just start getting worse from them. You get mood swings, your emotions just become a mess. So, in as much as you cannot really know for sure to jump most times. You just you just have to keep an open mind. You don't you don't go all in if you know that you are not sure. When you get like coming into corporate um, world, I think like it was my first year putting my heart and everything into it. Like I tried to know as much as I could. I tried to get everything I tried to get every piece of information that had pertained to like the job I was doing. So but like the end of that year, I was like, I'd already almost exhausted everything. Then I started looking for new challenges. I think it has to do with the person, more to do with the person than the corporate environment. I have, I have always had like this hunger. Like at points in my life, the hunger has been a strength. And at points in my life, growing up, I've discovered that it might, it might be a weakness. There's this hunger to consume, to know more, to just keep moving. Do you understand? Yeah. So, like like I, I said, uh, when I got into banking, I just tried to get as much as I could, every information, and in the first year. So, by, like, year two, I had done almost everything on my own. I, I just stopped, and I needed something else. In the corporate environment, it's not a, it's not your own business, it's not your own establishment. So 
there are limits to the risks that you can take. There are limits to the fluidity that your career or your hunger can take you to. For example, if I started I'm in banking, but I have a passion, I discovered that I have a passion for human resources, and I went, got my certification, got everything. But in trying to move from where I was, operations to the role that I think I like or something that I am drawn to has been very daunting, has been very tasking. So there's this whole restriction to your freedom in the corporate environment. So you really need to be sure. I like, I love arts, I love expression, I love freedom, I like to travel. I can't do that with my job. But you love money too. Definitely. Is that not not the problem? Like the fact that, okay, in terms of the Nigerian sector, like banking is almost the next best thing to not being unemployed. Yes, yeah. Like there's almost everybody, even those that studied fishery in school, they become bankers. So the idea of, okay, exploring your passions and whatnot, don't you think it's restricted because number one the society doesn't actually have that so uh, doesn't have so much available options other than what is actually available that is the banking true true there is that there are other factors to it but there is that that's like top like what other factors doesn't let you the freedom of expression for example you cannot just up and leave because you have bills to pay do you get yeah in taking those risks and moving from across board, there are a lot of there are a lot of things that you need to consider. Okay, how am I going to get my bills paid? In the corporate or in banking, let's say banking. First of all, by like the end of the month, you're sure of your salary. Do you get? Yeah. So whatever happens, whatever you do, no matter how much you you plan or do not plan, you are sure of a steady flow of income. So I think that is actually society's fault society we find ourselves in it doesn't left it doesn't let um it doesn't have your room for fluidity in any form you get yeah. those bills need to be paid secondly it's it's like it goes back to the personal aspect that i told you of at first like it's the person itself like you don't want to be doing it you don't want to feel like a pensioner when you are still in your 20s now you don't want to feel like you are stuck, you are trapped. Yeah. You don't want to go to work on Monday morning and by 8.30 you are exhausted. You can't wait for 5 o'clock to get off. You are too young to be living that kind of life. There's too much energy, there's too much passion, there's too much drive to be living like that. But you see, this is the society you are in. It limits you, it boxes you in. In a very, very crude way, and you just have to put up with the shit that you're going through. So, the only option is to put up with it. Like, you wouldn't advise somebody to just up and leave, like, which is basically the the norm of this day. Like, the motivational speakers will say, okay, once this shit is not working for you, whew, on to the up next one. Yeah, but that, that doesn't relate to reality, like, in real life scenarios, does it? It, it does. It does. So someone can just up and leave? Uh, yes. You need to first make your peace with it. The thing is, a lot of people, for every success story you hear about, I left my job, I went into something I was passionate about, and I blew. 
for everyone's story, there are 10 people that failed that you never hear of. Do you mm. get it? Yeah. So it's, it's, for everyone, there's 10 people that they would, you would never hear their story. They left their jobs and tried to pursue something that we thought they were passionate about and it all went up like, just went downhill from there. Hmm. So that's the thing. It's, it's a very, very big risk. Motivational speakers like minimalize the risk, minimize rather the risk that is involved. It takes a whole lot of like thinking, it takes like guts to actually leave your comfort zone and do something like that. For example, me, I think that on my own, I'm, I'm like, man, shit, I need to have enough capital to last me like six months that I'm going to be at sea. Do you understand? Yeah. Looking or pursuing my passion. I'm not the kind of person that like just jumps like that and I don't have, honestly, if I'm very real, if I don't have money in my pocket, I get depressed. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> No, no, you know, I don't think so. People do. That's right. I need to be worried about it. Like, wow, man. I did my own mind. Depression. My mood will just change. Even if I'm not eating it, even if I'm not eating money, chicken. Pay That's dope. That's dope. Hey, so no be only me money they depress. Hey, tight, tight, tight. Ah, yeah, yeah. What are you saying? Right? <laughs> I didn't give you food. I I didn't buffet like this. Uh, like all you can eat for my account, right? Uh, it's not gonna see. Like, I'm like, man, shit. Okay, this food finish now. now. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Right? That, that is that shit is real, man. It's crazy. So. But it's, it's all good, yeah. So, 
if the advice is don't just up and quit your job no matter how miserable yes. it is until you've weighed all the options all yeah. the and you know your strengths basically yes dot all your eyes and cross all your teeth know mm. how much your how much risk you can afford to take Agree. because in every one success story there are like nine that did the that same failed, shit and did not never <laughs> it never work out like, for them so honestly man and even when even when like motivational speakers tell you okay once you have enough capital the thing is there are still people that out enough capital and go into something they thought they could pursue honestly business is not for everybody i keep telling people this like there are some people that are not cut out for like cannot chase a business so no matter how much capital you have if you are in that that section of people that cannot handle the business it won't work out you quit your job and in the next three months you run down So you need to carry due diligence, carry up, ensure due diligence before you do anything. So you have to. That's true, yeah. That's true. Oh, voila. So um, the next question is just uh, random. I saw I saw your tweet on uh, on Twitter the other day. I think yesterday about the whole Adeboye saga. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> 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 so yes, you know, I ha- I actually have like a counter argument. Eh? I think he what he said was was right, you know, in in as old wisdom as the geo. But the part where he said, okay, um, I don't hire a secretary, a female secretary because of such and such. I felt it was a little bit limiting, like especially someone who is speaking to. Like a congregation of people who actually follow your word to the letter. So, but obviously you had a dissenting opinion about that, Abby. Yeah, definitely. I do. The thing is, the thing is this: from the very statement, I do not hire like a personal. So that's his personal thing. Exactly. No, that's on the one hand, though. Okay. Exactly. That's the personal thing. He knows his level of self control. You get. Yeah. He knows not to put himself in a position where he might fall. Okay. What I am trying to get people to understand is this: we we say men are scum, we say men are rapists, men are bad, men are. At the point you discover that you have the tendency to fall, to falter, hmm? mm. what are the necessary steps you take as your own self, potential rapist, <laughs> on the potential rapist? <laughs> what do you? You don't sleep and wake up, okay, yeah, there's an outrage. People say, man, this breast, like, this God, my body's shaking when a girl bends near me, and I'm like, God, I want to have her, I want to have her. Like, you potentially, it's what you do. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense to remove yourself from positions where you have to see a woman. It's, for me, it's like addiction, you understand? Like, yeah. remove yourself from triggers. That's on one hand, right? I have, like, different, that's, I, I read a tweet by, um, one other point for that being there's a lot of nuance that people do not want to afford themselves in this argument you get okay it's not it's multi-decided it's not just one side there's not just one side one solution to the problem there are different aspects to it so i'm bringing it out potential rapists i know that if i go here i'm going to get in trouble if i go here i might do something that i might regret and something that is wrong what do i do i don't go there yeah 
So do you now say, people there now tell me that me not coming here, I am biased, I am sexist, I am misogynistic, because I did not come to meet them where they are to put myself in a position where I would do something that they would later bash me for. Hmm. Do you get that line of argument? Yeah, I do, I do. So it's like everybody's outside the fence now. Everybody that has self-control is outside the fence. Bashing me that had like questionable self-control for not coming out to meet them at the party, for staying where I am. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Everybody's outside. They don't know what I'm going to. When I come outside and I misbehave, they're going to bash me. So I have chosen not to come out and party with them. And they're still I bashing. am classist. Yes, I am classist. I am sexist. I am misogynistic. That's on the one hand. That's like on the one hand. Then he says, I will not hire a personal assistant that's female. He is in a position of authority. Yes, his words have weight. His words have meaning. People yeah. take his words to heart. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's wrong. On that, it's wrong to say something like that. Because if I am a brainless follower, I'd be like, ah, that zero has said I should not employ women. I go to my office the next day. All, the women all. Are like, <laughs> all of them are personal secretary. Everybody come and go. In. <laughs> Did you get? Yeah. It's wrong. It's wrong. But in this argument, people are not taking responsibility eh, for their own thought process. They are underrating their own self and um, self awareness, like self reasoning. Like a human being is saying that he won't do this because of this. When they give you the message, it is on you. The honest is on you to appraise each message that you get. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. I say this: the man is orthodox. All the solutions he prefers are traditional solutions. Old solutions. From the Bible that we agree is mostly misogynistic. Okay. Okay. So what do you expect Pastor Dibori to say? Honestly, when asked, what did you expect him to say? The exact same thing that he said, so Exactly. But you are young. You're exposed. You know better. Insulting him, bashing him, the outrage on Twitter, for what end? Then on the third part, I had a discussion along this line of thought with them. A friend, which is the writer, Otondi. He made me understand that this outrage is not directed at person, at people, because his ways are set in stone. Do you understand? Okay. It is for the impressionable congregation, and that I agree with. If you are telling me that what he said is wrong, what he said is wrong, you guys should not listen to him because it's wrong. This is the way to be. I am very with that argument in my head. Do you get it? Yeah. Well, you come on Twitter, all your Jews are scum. All your daddy Jews, you know that they are women, they are enabling rape. His ways are set in stone. Like, do you get it? Like, everything you expect him to say is what he has said. Hmm. But you know better. Take responsibility for your own thought process for once. You know better. Hmm. You know that you are self-aware. You know that you can control yourself. You know that firing everybody in the office like a female personal assistant is wrong. 
doesn't make any sense. You still go to the church. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can go to church and listen to the message and agree with 80% of it and leave 20% that I don't agree with. I take responsibility for my own thought process and I do what's right. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, I get that. So each member of each church needs to take responsibility for their own thought process. Most of the people that are even on this outrage on the bandwagon burning, burning, they don't even attend his church. That's that's the truth, actually. That's the truth. You get like I'm saying, okay, whatever the whatever the okay, let's say a cult now. Whatever the cult leader is telling his cult members, if you are privy to that information, you'll be upset. Yeah. But the thing is, yeah. you won't you won't even take it to heart because one, it doesn't concern you. You are never going to be in that gathering. You think everybody that is in that gathering, they don't have a mind of their own. But are you going to listen to every doctrine, every sermon, every preacher just to bash and come on Twitter and shout? Hmm. No. You go to Bible, you go to church, and the pastor is saying things that are against what you believe in. Please, the place. <laughs> oh God, like, it's not that hard. Not that hard. You are not trapped there. Leave the place. You don't. You don't agree with the message. You don't agree with the doctrine. Go somewhere else. But on that line that he said, on this particular line, there is a lot of nuance that we need to afford ourselves. Honestly, it's the same thing. I I I I brought the allusion like a drug addict now. He knows cocaine like gets him high, gets him like. Then he knows next door they're selling crack. Okay. Once he walk past, once he walk past the room like this, he gets a trigger. The song, the smell, anything, the sound, he just gets triggered. That same person now refuses to take that route. And passes through his window to come out every day. I wouldn't say that person is. A- <laughs> Honestly, person is insane. Is that what is that what we're going to do? Are we going to bash the person? Like, why did you not walk past my corridor? Why do you have to take the window? He's a white guy now. There are black people on the corridor now. He's too good for us now. He's racist. (laughs) (laughs) No, guys, what think about it? I'm like, if you if you think about it like this, it has temptation. Just remove temptation and put the trigger there. You as a man, you know, this is your trigger. Yellow secretaries, deep breaths, my God. <laughs> I'm dead. Take, take me home. I'm still, you know, see, I am a scum, yes. But I'm human. And I refuse to employ deep, deep breaths, yellow secretaries, because I don't want to go through that stress. Hmm. So it's wrong, yes, but to me, it's self-preservation. I am trying to not get myself yeah that's true so if we afford ourselves then like the room to reason things from not just our point of view if we break out from tunnel vision we see that there's a lot of nuance in these arguments people just people are just crazy people just like sensationalism people just need sensationalism in their life they love into twitter and you want to dance yeah yeah everybody stops thinking Thank you very much, very, very much for your insights. The Drip Lord. 
Driplot. <laughs> finally, finally, yo. I, I interviewed the Driplot. I interviewed the Driplot. Ah! No, you had good boss today. Oh, well, I'm. Yeah, I appreciate your time, Jerry. Oh, well, I will go talk now. Take care. So that was my call session with Ify, the Drip Lord, Poet Extraordinaire. Number one corporate banker, and to be honest, his insights were really, really dope. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it relates with you in a way. And um, he has prepared a poem that he would like to recite. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I don't want to be comfortable. I want to be scared out of my head and lost out of my mind. I want to fall in and out of love a few thousand times. I want to spend all of my money on my friends and on drugs. And I want to ride around on a horse. And um, so I'm just reading out the poem that I wrote for a friend. Um, you know, on the recruited affections and everything. From a girl that he liked also. It's called Second Hand Serenade. Man comes to someone to play with his conduct. He actually has no reason to wear flaws and sleeves, and yet he carries them on his back until his flesh becomes a shell housing echo and abandonment. Woman, your veins are veins, your, your veins are veins that bind hand and feet in obstinate surrender, testing resolve, bending ideas, avoiding common sense. You are both red and blue pale, and on not so sober days, one wonders what kills the blade, the needle, or common sense. There is nothing romantic about a love that breaks your spirit. The precision in, in several characters, the deluge of shame washing over a body, placing it gently at a riverbed. It is a skill in execution, carving a man into a forgettable. We often wonder. What kills the blade, the needle, or broken heart? So that's it. Um, it's called the Conhan Serenade. I wrote that for a friend. Hope you guys enjoy it. You trust my friend, right? Time for this guy. <laughs> nah, 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 that friend. Don't go near me. No, well, I don't hear I'm you. I don't hear you. I don't hear you. I'm in a happy, I'm in a happy relationship. Okay, no, well, I'm good. I'm too. in a good place. No. <laughs> Oh voila. Oh, well. well, thanks a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> yeah, that's a poem from <laughs> the one and only Drip Lord. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed the session. Um have a wonderful new week. All the best. I'm saying this is the second time, but still have a wonderful new week. And it's I'm doing me. I'm doing me. I'm doing me. I'm doing me. Me, 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 me. Yeah, fuck them.